0: And welcome to another One Up Pod review, where we're all ready to boy again. <laughs> the time draws near. if you can tell by two, I am am Chip and I'm joined today by Andy. Hello. Hello. And this is the official one-up pod review of God of War Ragnarok. And spoiler free, I might add. So if you haven't played the game, you don't need to worry. We won't be revealing any story beats or plot twists or whether or not you stab and kill any big angry monsters. Because you you never know, like maybe Santa Monica changed it to some sort of like
1: peaceful walking sim. You'll have to play the game to find out. Yeah, it's not, it's not a farming sim though. (laughs) <laughs> to be clear. That's not, I'm sorry to
0: spoil that, but it's not. But I'd be okay. I'd be okay with that as well, though. Like, can you
1: imagine those guys just living on a farm, ch- chilling? I would sincerely play that because it'd be nice that they had such a peaceful time after God of yeah. War 2018 ended. But... but
0: I'm not sure what Mimir would contribute. But you know, knowledge, I guess.
1: Yeah, he knows about the seeds. I'm sure he lived <laughs> in a tree for so long. He's <laughs> he's gonna know what to yeah, do. Exactly. He
0: had hands then. I mean, they were tied up, but you yeah. know. <laughs> Now, Andy, I don't know about you, but this has been my most anticipated game of 2022 or, you know, just like over the last four years. Uh, what was your excitement level going into this?
1: Well, like as soon as the game was announced at uh, one of the Sony State of Players, it's just been like constant high-pitched frequency fucking hype. <laughs> it's, and it's just been getting worse and worse, like the closer the game's got to release. like Yeah, I found that harder. Like the
0: day before was harder than the four years preceding it.
1: Yeah, I remember I'd keep checking my, because uh, obviously we got it pre-installed like, mm-hmm. a week in advance, which they don't usually do, it's usually like a couple of days in advance, and every day I'd open, I'd just click on the game just to see if they forgotten <laughs> and just let it open early. Nope, still nothing. No, no, it wouldn't let you. Yeah, I was constantly watching the time on the, because uh, they say
0: it pre-installs, and I was just like, every time I put my PS5 on, I was like, okay, three days, 12 hours, 37 minutes and 10 seconds. Okay, we're getting there, we're getting there. Come on, come <laughs> on, I want to play the game. And then annoyingly, when I got up in the morning to play it, I had, there was like a day one patch that I had to install that took like three minutes. God, that was the longest three minutes of my life.
1: Oh, like mine, mine, I think mine did that the night before. I was playing, yeah. I must have been playing something. I think I was playing uh, The Last of Us Part 1 or something. It installed right. while it was happening. I was like, okay, if that's taken <gasps> care of, whew,
0: <laughs> yeah, I clearly hadn't put it on at the right time. So yeah, that was that was a long long few minutes. But hey, we've played it now and um, we're very excited to review it. I've played about um seven and a half hours, and you're a bit further in, aren't you?
1: Yeah, about 15, 15 16 hours. Like okay. I had to keep track. But like like we say, we're not covering any story stuff, so it's not no. that's not gonna really factor into our verdict. We're gonna have a more in depth spoiler special with Becky at some point in the future so we can really get yeah. stuck into the, the nitty gritty of the story
0: and i'm really looking forward to that as well because like just having done our cyberpunk one as well like that was just such a fun excellent chat that i can't wait for us to get down to this one as well like a game we've all loved before you know and we get to come talk about the sequel finally it is going to be a very very good time Now, you said about the story, and obviously we're not going to talk about any of the big moments, but what we can say is that Ragnarok picks up about three years after 2018's God of War, and we're once again with the grunting sad dad, Kratos, and he's now teenaged Atreus, which was a bit weird at first, but I'm used to it now. And I think basically what we can say about the story-wise is that it is very much dealing with the consequences of our actions from the previous game. And, oh boy, did they quickly come and remind you of those. And I think that's all we're really going to say. That's kind of how you set off and you start the game. And that's where we are.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's very much dealing with the same. It's a continuation rather than a whole new story. It's building on the themes that the original introduced. The idea of like cycles of violence and fate and the father and son bond of Tresos and Atreus, like, things aren't cleared up and neat and tidy there. There's yeah. still a lot of complicated feelings going on. And it's it's doing all of this and it's like it's building off the original. It's enriching it at the same time. It's giving stuff that happened in that game more meaning as mm-hmm. the story goes along. It's. It doesn't feel like if I went back to play the 2018 game like and Ragnarok back-to-back back, that I would feel like it was detrimental to the first game. It feels no. like... They they're both benefiting from each other in major ways, so it's it's. I'm kind of excited to play them both back to back at some point.
0: Oh, oh, that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. And they do like a really good job at the start of kind of just kind of catching you up on what's been happening in that three years in that three year gap. Because like, it, there's not a lot of major stuff, but there there has been progression. And I think they do a really nice job of just in that sort of like opening prologue uh, of just kind of explaining what what's been happening and where we are now.
1: Yeah, it keeps it keeps a lot of stuff close to the vest at first, yeah. but like you get a sense of where Kratos and Atreus are in life and in the world and the state of the world now because it's significantly different to when we last saw it because Ragnarok is coming and the Thimble mm-hmm. Winter has arrived. There's a lot of a lot of stuff's changed. It's somehow even more dangerous than ever before. It's <laughs> a lot of snow. A lot of snow. A lot of <laughs> angry creatures and angry people that Kratos <laughs> and Atreus have crossed in the past there's a lot yeah. and there's there's old characters and new characters coming into play big major power figures there's a lot going on and Kratos just wants to be left alone to raise his son
0: and I was really happy to see uh the likes of like Brock and Sindri appear again and especially Mimir as well like three of my favorite characters from the previous game and you know they've they've been over the promotional stuff so it's okay to say that you know they're in the game as well but i
1: was just made me just made my heart happy when they all turned up again yeah, it's it's like uh, reuniting with a bunch of old friends. Like, even if you happen to be playing a man who's not particularly big on friendship, he still <laughs> he still appreciates these people. Like, it's nice nice to see.
0: <laughs> and I'm really enjoying as well is that in the codex for the game, you know, when you sort of come across characters and lore and stuff like that, it's actually written by Kratos now. So you get a little bit more insight into how he feels about certain characters. So like, if you're someone who doesn't really read those kind of codex stuff, like definitely read these because i really enjoy the way kratos phrases things
1: i haven't done that a lot i need to i like, oh. always skip over the codex stuff but I'll, i will read that if it's if it's in character because that's something i liked in uh yeah. red dead redemption 2 all the notebook stuff it was yes. all done in character rather than just like a detached sort of thing so i, I quite i like that idea that's nice
0: yeah it's really cool it's mainly just kind of the um the characters and stuff like that yeah yeah the lore is kind of just standard but yeah yeah read the character stuff because there's there's some good
1: stuff in there <laughs> nice that's that's pretty really cool
0: <laughs> so yeah again just to reiterate we're not going to talk about any story beats but just in a very vague way Andy all the ones that you have come across
1: so far how have you found them blown away to be honest like there's a very high standard for storytelling based on the first game from 2018 and I feel like they've managed to go one better at the very least one better it might be more than that it's uh in in a way like it kind of reminds me of the last of us part two not in mm. the sense of significant story beats there's nothing there's no similarities in that way, but in the way that it chooses to present it, the story, there's a lot of uh, quite radical choices that it makes. Like especially for a game that's like eight games deep at this point, it's <laughs> it's it's just I'm just really impressed with all the character work, all the the big story beats. It's going in ways that I wasn't expecting, and it's I'm I'm anxious to see how it plays out. It's it's a, it's a big sprawling epic. So it feels, like, much grander in scope than the original game, but it's not lost that intimate, like, emotional character-driven stuff that's even more prevalent and essential than ever. Uh, I'm really impressed with the writing.
0: I really like that Last of Us 2 comparison as well. I hadn't thought of that, but you're, like, you're exactly right. You know, like, father and child kind of dynamic, you know, a few years later and, you know, how it's all going on. I really like that, and, yeah, it definitely works. Like, I'm not as far into the story as you are, so I haven't come across... Probably as many of these story beats, but I can say that I've yelled at the TV screen about five times yeah. uh, in my few hours that I've played it because things have hit very hard and I've been very impressed and shocked and excited and all all the good emotions, basically. I think, um, yeah, also what you said about it being kind of one in up with the story from the last time so far is really accurate. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really, really enjoying it a lot.
1: I, I remember I cried within the first like five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up at about one in the morning because we were getting up to feed Morgan, and I thought, you know what? Like, while oh, Caroline's feeding Morgan, I will play the game. <laughs> so I just had to put my headset on so we didn't disturb him. But like, and I was just sat there, like, well, Caroline was like, she didn't notice me. I was just like quietly sobbing. Five minutes into the game, I thought, oh <laughs> shit, this is a, this is how it's going to be. I think for the rest of the game.
0: <laughs> I like that as well, from one boy to another. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another really important aspect of any single game, the actual gameplay. Uh, it, it's it's pretty much the same as the 2018 game. You know, you were saying about how you could play both back-to-back, and I think that would work with the way the game plays, um, but there has been quite a few like upgrades and improvements. So firstly, I think we have to say that the accessibility options are way, way better this time around. Uh, it was something that we noted back in our God of War episode that you should listen to if you haven't already, um, that we did this year. Uh, it was something that we were critical of because there, there wasn't a lot of those options, but that's been improved a lot.
1: Oh, massively. I was really impressed with a lot of the... Uh... The accessibility options, like maybe yeah. not quite as good as uh, what Naughty Dog's doing, but like they're just the industry leaders. This is still really impressive for a game of this scale. And I, I happen I used quite a few of them myself, actually, like just like larger subtitles, just larger text in general is nice. The auto pickup for items, just so I'm not constantly spamming the circle button every time I beat a big character <laughs> and there's a massive loot drop. It's... It's stuff that just it's just saving you a bit of like exertion, things that I can imagine them becoming really helpful for people that like need them. I I was really impressed with the accessibility.
0: And I'm really thankful that you told me about the auto pickup as well, because that's been a godsend. I really like that one. Especially in a big fight when you're low in health and you need to get across to that green orb that's a few feet away, but you know you're gonna have to spend a few seconds pushing the circle button in the right place to get it. No, you just need to kind of wander off to it, and Kratos will pick it up automatically. Yeah. So, yeah, you I'm get to focus
1: on the uh, attack buttons instead of moving your phone yes. away and like <laughs> off oh, fingers, like just.
0: <laughs> and I keep confusing circle and X for some reason when I'm playing this. So yeah, I've, I've done that quite a lot as well. When I've gone to dodge and I've just sort of stood there, it's been quite. Long. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> but I feel like Kratos. To me, he feels more fluid in the way he moves as well, like less stiff before, but retaining that meatiness when it comes to action and, and, and combat and stuff like that so like yeah combat is much the same but you know he moves easier like did you find that or is that just me
1: no I definitely think your combat is okay, like good. significantly improved like for starters there's no weird quick turn button like that yeah was you have to always... turn it on which yeah, is just, weird yeah, yeah.
0: So that's in the accessibility options as well
1: yeah I can't imagine why you'd want to use it anyway but I <laughs> guess it's just it's easier if you don't want to be moving both thumbs but like I prefer yeah. moving the character on the camera to like pivot my like the direction that Kratos is going instead of having to like roll until you're facing the right way, which is what you have to do <laughs> in the first game. It's a lot more there's a lot more freedom of movement with the camera. And yeah. it does feel a little more um a little more Arkham like sometimes. Like if you've got multiple characters around you, you can yeah. just move you just kind of point towards them and attack and your character oh, like, Kratos will move that way and hit them instead of having to sh- uh, change your position entirely it does let you kind of switch between targets like f- like quite fluidly i was always a big fan of the god of war combat system i like mm. how like complex it can get but the like the way you maneuver around the fight com- sometimes broke up the flow a little bit whereas here and i've not felt that intrusion where i'm having to think about movement rather than thinking about attack it's it's a much better system, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it's it doesn't it's not a huge difference either, but it's enough to be really noticeable, and it's just like one of those little quality of life improvements. I think this game does really well in a lot of different areas. So uh, yeah, it's a big thumbs up from me for for that sort of stuff, and I also like the way movement makes use of like the blades of chaos now as well because you use it to sort of traverse the level like you can use it to reach higher ledges you can swing across gaps with them and and also like the blades and your trusty leviathan axe are used to solve a lot of puzzles and access new areas too and again i know they did that in the previous game but in this iteration they've just kind of just upped the quality of it and made it a lot
1: better yeah traversal that's another thing i noted that was majorly improved like a lot more fluid uh getting between areas like like you say using more the tools that are available to kratos to like broaden the ways that kratos can get around that's that's cool the environmental puzzles i like that they're new they're not like just regurgitating the old ideas from the first game mm-hmm. they're they're trying different things each time there's a lot of new ideas at play i also like that it's visually very similar like i guess but i like that in the combat there are new kill animations like yeah uh, <laughs> that was a something of complaint that we had like the very minor complaints about this first game when we talked about it in the episode, but one of them was the repetitive nature of um, kill animations. Where I've noticed a lot more variety in those. Like, there's multiple ways to kill different characters. Like, um, depending on the weapon you're holding or how you're attacking. Like, it keeps things a bit more fresh. It makes like it makes the combat again feel more exciting and more organic. Just a lot of these little changes that, just tiny little things that were prop like not problems but like could have been improved last time that we discussed and i feel like i can't think of any that haven't been addressed yet
0: uh no me neither i can't i'd be interested to go back and listen to that episode again actually and just sort of pick out those little things and sort of see if that is right but i I can't think of anything off the top of my head that i from the first game that we criticized maybe even slightly that hasn't been approved upon in this game
1: yeah i i'm struggling i feel like every difference has been subtle but significant like it has made a big difference and it's made the game more enjoyable player. a game i already yeah. really love to play if they could have made the exact same game style and i would have still been enjoying it and i might have said oh well they didn't fix it but you know i, I still like it you know if it ain't broke not yeah. fix it and it wasn't broke it was just it could have done with some improving and they've improved it, so it's all good. I also
0: just really enjoy how brutal some of these new kills are as well. Oh yeah, like, there's literally one where he just just stabs them loads of times with the with the blades, and it it it's probably like the thing that feels most old, old school God of War as well is just some of these executions because they are bloody and the blood goes everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's relentless. Like Kratos <laughs> is a violent uh, man, and he doesn't yeah. hold back in these moments. <laughs> no. It's just angry, stabby man, just like lopping parts off people and like <laughs> like just bisecting them with his axes. Like holy shit, it's never got dull so far. Like, I'm just, I'm enjoying all the many ways that you can kill people <laughs> in yeah, very violent too. ways. <laughs> and another thing about the combat, like it does does feel improved, but it doesn't make you start from scratch. I was worried that it, it'd try and like make an excuse to like take away all of the abilities that Kratos had developed by that point. It kind of rationalizes it at the start of the game because you start with kind of a limited moveset just to like ease you into the combat if it's been a while, and they kind of say that like Kratos is holding back during his fights, and then like once the story kicks in, Kratos kind of just he just lets go of that and he starts to really embrace the, his violent side again, and things kind of open up a bit and the upgrade system like it's adding new abilities to the, your arsenal rather than bringing back old ones. Uh, I'm I'm quite happy with the way they've handled that
0: yeah it's really really good I really like the the progression system and uh, yeah the way it opens up these new things and open up all the enemies that you stab as well that happens quite a lot yeah (laughs) open up the enemies (laughs) so we talked about how the game plays but how does it look bloody gorgeous I think that about covers it I think it is amazing. I wasn't sure um at first if it looked much different to its uh predecessor, but then I saw someone playing the the 2018 game on Twitch and there is a, an upgrade there and again it's one of those things that is kind of subtle but is an improvement. I, I think it looks really lovely.
1: It is gorgeous. Like, I mean, I was playing it on performance mode because I don't have a 4K TV right now, so yeah. I just I was leaning towards like a smoother performance. Like I think that definitely helps with a lot of the combat as well, but even in performance mode the game is absolutely stunning there's just a level of detail to the world and the characters oh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of texture i feel like the facial animations have improved a lot i'm noticing a lot of like really nuanced uh subtle facial movements from kratos a man who's kind of very restrained and like self-contained you're like you're getting to see more of like flickers of his how he's feeling Without yeah, having to really yeah. spell it out, it's just insanely gorgeous game. It even like without the 4K TV upgrade, it's just stunning. Like it's, it's one of the best looking games I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, 100%. And like the opening shot of the game is just a shot on Kratos, and you can see like the weariness in his eyes. Like his skin is cracked. He looks older. He looks like he's been through some serious like mental health destroying shit in his life, and like yeah just the expression on his face like the way his like character emotes as well through those like tired eyes while still being fucking jacked and angry all the time as well and also when you're moving around and the characters are chatting as well like you can see their faces reacting to what they're saying and it, it again it just one of those little small improvements that it just makes things more immersive and like a better experience overall
1: yeah and, and another thing like just the the quality of the load times is massively improved on the PlayStation yeah. five, so like you don't spend as much time when you're doing fast travel. you'd spend a lot of time in the first game running around that you know that limbo area. I can't remember what the hell it's yes. called now, but like you'd be walking around some, some, I can't remember what the hell it's called now I should' have made a note of that, but you'd spend a lot of time <laughs> running around until the a door would open, like just so you could jump in the next bit, whereas now, as soon as the dialogue in that section is done, the door appears like immediately when you die, like you click a button back in within like seconds like it really helps keep you within the moment because uh, god of war ragnarok's retained that uh, unbroken shot aesthetic, yeah and like, it's really important that you keep the momentum going like it's and there's some really complicated action sequences and set pieces in this game and it just seems it, it's more seamless than ever a lot more complex and detailed and high intensity uh, it's just a there's a lot going on and you need some you need a high performance console like a playstation 5 I can't imagine playing this on a PlayStation 4, to be honest. I feel like it might blow up your house or something.
0: (laughs) Apologies to everyone playing this on a PS4 right now. If you still have a house. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm such a sucker for that kind of one-take shot kind of thing as well. Like, There's a scene early on where some characters are sat around a little table and the camera just sort of moves around with some of the characters. And I just really adore the... Like it's so cinematic, just the way it, it moves in these cutscenes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan of that in the first game, and I, I just love it even more yeah, in this it's, one.
1: It's a really, like, it's it's a seamless... Because I know I call it, Corey Barlog isn't directing, didn't direct this one, but <laughs> it's still, like, he he created such a visual stamp for this that it's, they're following it perfectly, and you wouldn't notice the difference. The quality of the direction and the performances and everything is just exactly as you'd hope for.
0: I think I feel like another one of those improvements that they made as well is kind of the, the world looks amazing as well. Yes. I feel like they've done a really, really good job of making the re- the different realms that you go to feel more distinct. You know, obviously you had different areas in the first game and they all had their own looks. But there's just something about the quality of the graphics and the way the game looks that it, it just makes it more seem distinct and i liked it a lot more this time around
1: yeah that there's a massive amount of variety in the different biomes that you can visit in the different realms that like things you wouldn't wouldn't have expected to see if you played 2018 you would expect mostly like a variation on a theme like yeah. snow uh mountains maybe like a castle or something i don't know a fortress but now there's like so much more going on that like you jump into these different realms and it's like an entire it is literally an entirely new world there's yeah it, it feels exciting to visit a new realm now because you, you don't know what you're going to get each time you step in. It feels like, because in the first game, you, you you were limited on the amount of realms you could visit, whereas this game, like, it's all open to you, and that that's really exciting. That It feels like this is the game they wanted to make originally, but obviously technology kind of restrained things a bit, and now they're, yeah, they're yeah. just going all hog wild on it, and you get to really experience the full depth of their imaginations.
0: You know, if I wanted to be, like, really, really picky, like, incredibly picky, there's a lot of, kind of, invisible wall kind of stuff. Like, normally, it's quite clever with the way it kind of blocks off ways that you can't go and stuff like that. But then there's times where you see a chest, and you're like, well, I'm I'm pretty sure Great just just jumped that wall. Like, (laughs) I think he could manage that. You know, he he jumps pretty high sometimes. But, like, you know, it's a video game. I'm not going to get too upset about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if the game was an open-world title, I'd I'd kind of understand the irritation that you can't choose the way you get to it but it is at heart it's a linear game like you, yeah, you can change yeah. the environments you visit but at heart like everywhere you go is like very much one direction sort of thing you've got the certain paths you have to go so they, it, it's part of the game design you just you have to explore and unlock new ways to access different areas kind of metroidvania style yeah i really enjoy that as well so I'm, I'm fine i'm fine with that yeah.
0: yeah yeah the way they kind of construct certain things if you want to get to a chest or another area where there might be some you know some shinies or whatever like that I really like kind of the puzzles around it and the way you can use all this stuff to traverse around like and then trying to make mental notes of like okay so I need a bit more equipment here so I have to remember this to come back later to uh to get whatever's around that corner as well but yeah no, I do really like that
1: yeah like it's definitely going to encourage um revisit in different areas like normally i'd With especially with the first game, I tended to focus on the story entirely. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like here I've got a bit more encouragement to um, to, like just explore areas because I want to like the the place is such so gorgeous looking. I want to like explore every like crevice basically. It's (laughs) like I want (laughs) to see all the secrets it's holding, and yeah, uh, it's encouraging revisiting, like going back once I've unlocked a new ability or something like that. And
0: I think what's going to help as well is uh, the fact that. I I found that the map is easier to navigate this time as well. I think that was another one of my sort of small criticisms from last time was that I, I found the map a little difficult to kind of work out where I was and where I was going. And I don't know what it. Is. I can't even put my finger on what it is they've done this time round, but it feels a lot clearer and a lot more easy to navigate.
1: Yeah, it's it's subtle, like because the map still yeah. looks detailed. Like there's a lot of it's very detailed. Like every part of the map. It's it looks like a top down kind of view. But they've managed to make it so you can kind of decipher the routes. Like if there's a path going through a very busy-looking area, you can see it without ruining like the detail of the map. Uh, and and I think it helps that the the compass that you get it's a lot more accurate. It doesn't like just send you off in one direction. That like, okay, you hit you hit like a dead end and like there's nothing there, <laughs> and you have to work out a yeah. way around it. Does help kind of it steers you a bit more, and like the map being more detailed and easier to decipher like I think that helps as well I've only got lost once, and that's because I, I didn't think to look at the map first. But once, <laughs> once you get use all the tools available to you, it, it's a lot easier to get around.
0: Yeah, I, the one thing I'm struggling with the most is you've got your map on your left side of the touchpad, but then if you push the right side of the touchpad, it opens up your, your weapons and your skill tree and that sort of thing. But for some reason, my brain just keeps pushing the right one, and I don't know why. I, maybe I need to swap them in the options if I can do that, but yeah, that, that's that's my biggest issue with that so far.
1: I keep doing it with the left I keep pressing the left thing no matter what I'm doing. <laughs> Even if I'm just wanting to press the middle, like I'm pressing, I end up pe- pressing left. That's, I think it's just where my thumb kind of veers naturally. I guess it's that's interesting. So we we kind of
0: need to meet in the middle because you're always going left and I'm always going right. So maybe we just need to swap
1: t- t- our thumbs. <laughs> Let's tape them together. We'll... <laughs> oh, that won't work. Shit. Never mind. Hey, we don't know. <laughs> do we try. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see see if I get stuck, then we'll consider it.
0: (laughs) One of my favourite things about the last game was... Well, one of my many favourite things about the last game (laughs) was the soundtrack. And the short time that I've been playing this game so far, that just feels fantastic as well. I think out of the three or four big story moments I've had so far, it just feels... That special God of War brand of epic it's just amazing and I, all the background stuff as well when you're just sort of like exploring and going off and doing your own little thing it's it's just lovely as well it's another banger
1: yeah bear McCreary is like the covert mvp of this <laughs> yeah. whole series like the stuff he, that he he manages to create like just these epic feeling moments like like something like a lord of the rings battle times 10 <laughs> when you're just just a fight between two dudes he he manages to make that like create this like mythic feel around just a fist fight and there's also this, these just really beautifully quiet moments, like really tender. He's he's got such a great command of yes. tone. Like he, these scenes, like with all the, the amazing performances by all the cast and the great writing, they wouldn't work nearly as well without Ben McQuarrie. Nah, he
0: complements it just so so well because, it, like, you hear it and you feel it as well. But it's never overbearing. You know, it never becomes just like the main focus of it. It just all mixes together so so well.
1: Like, I remember when the God of War Ragnarok was first announced, and literally all it is, is the uh, the, the symbol being drawn slowly, and like Bear McCreary's uh, theme kicks in, and that that was it. Like as soon as I heard that, I was back. <laughs> it's like oh my god, all the feelings I had about the first game just bubbled up, and was like oh my god, it's 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 an iconic oh, hey. piece of music, and it it's it's a testament to how powerful his work was that. Like all all you needed for a teaser was that music and people were on board. Like the hype was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and
0: rightly so. And like in the days leading up to the release as well, like I'd just be like making a coffee and I would just catch myself just be going, Oh rah, rah. I like I like, <laughs> hadn't been thinking about the soundtrack at all, but like somewhere it's just borrowed into the back of my mind, I guess. And uh yeah, any anytime that hits it hits big as well.
1: I wanna Touch on a little bit about their side quests okay. in the game the first god of war had side quests in a sense but they were always ones that i avoid like ignored because they were very much like they felt very yeah. much like fetch quests it was a complaint i had about horizon zero dawn as well like the side quests were very much just you go here get this thing bring it back to me that's fine that was all that that's i i like as we discussed in the cyberpunk episode we recorded Side quests are a massive deal for me. Like, they need there needs to be good writing, and uh, it needs to be telling a story of its own. It needs to be pr- contributing something to the bigger story as well to work. And I've only played one side quest in full so far, but it was really elaborately structured story. thread, it didn't feel like an afterthought. It was just it was big, and it felt epic, and it was gorgeous. Just like what it did was it built like on the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, as it was telling the story. It was doing something for the bigger story being told while telling a smaller story of its own, uh, exploring just a different aspect of the world and the mythology. I was just really blown away by how just gorgeous and beautifully handled this one side quest was. It it could have been something that you could have just uh, ignored entirely, and the main story would be rewarding enough. But now that I know the quality of the side quest in this game every time one pops up i'm going to keep chasing it and seeing where it takes me because i've also grabbed one or like discovered one that involves Mamiya. Yes. so i want to yep. see that to the end and see how that kind of builds on his character and see what it adds to the bigger story. It's. i'm really happy with how they've handled the side quests it was if they weren't going to do good side quests, I would have preferred they just not have any side content at all because the main story in the first game was good enough that it didn't need any side content and it felt mm, kind of tacked yeah. on in that game just to just to kind of pad things out like a AAA game needed to, like the Ubisoft <laughs> equation. But here it feels like what you're doing matters and you're getting something out of it and you're being rewarded for your time with it. So I feel like I'm going to put time into it because it's rewarding me for my time. Yeah,
0: I'd like agree a million and 18%. Like I, I like the Horizon Zero Dawn comparison as well because with Horizon Forbidden West, one of the things I really liked about that was the improvement in the side quest that it wasn't just meet person, get thing, do thing, come back. And that was the end of it, like God of War. The you, yeah. One of the strong points of Forbidden West is that it took... All these new characters and existing characters, and the quests were about getting to know them and learn their story and what they're you know and pick up on different things from the first game and new stuff as well. And the I've done two side quests so far in Ragnarok, and they've both been Mimir based, and that's very much based around learning more about some of his history and what he's done. And yeah. That, that's what I love so much is like just learning the backstories and new stories and history and everything about all these characters that you already know and love or the new ones that you're going to grow to know and love and I think that's what side quests should do they should be uh, you know they can be integral to the main story and that they flesh out these other characters and environments that are around you and that's that's I think that's probably the biggest improvement that I've seen in the game is is the side quests. I love them
1: yeah, it's it's doing what the um, boat rides in yes. the first game did. That those boat rides carried a lot of like weight in regarding like character characterization and um, building up the mythology and stuff. Whereas now they've got side quests, so you get to actually participate a bit more in discovering these things rather than just having them told to you. I love the boat stories. And we still get those as well. <laughs> it's nice to have, and ex- you still get those as well. Yeah. So it's nice that you have something something else that you can kind of unfold in these like structured story threads that are like completely unrelated to the main story it's yeah like you say it's a big improvement and as a big side quest nerd i'm I'm very happy (laughs) And it's more
0: immersive right if you're you know the difference between sort of doing a mission to learn more knowledge in a side quest as opposed to being sat in a boat and chatting as fun as that is like i I get more from it in actually doing stuff rather than it just being something to fill the silence as you're paddling around to your next goal you know
1: yeah i I felt more like when i completed that story and like the big emotional payoff happened i felt a lot more like i almost like welled up with tears like because i which like it would have been nice if it was kind of handled in a boat story a bit of dialogue. It would have been moving and I've been touched, but it, because I was so involved in this moment being built and paid off, it really hit me a lot harder. And I'm really happy that that's the case because the storytelling and the emotional beats in these games are yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, side Nerds unite! Yeah.
0: Okay, so you've heard our thoughts now, and it's time to get to the important part. What is going to be our official one-up pod rating? For god of war ragnarok so i truly believe this is shaping up to be just one of the best sequels not that i've just played but just ever i'm actually sad that we're sat here talking about it rather than me playing it right now and i love recording this podcast so that just goes to show you how much i'm enjoying this game right now where i'm at it's just a, a 10 out of 10 for me easy like i'm not sure i can find a floor in it at the moment i love it i just love it
1: yeah easy easy oh, easy yes. 10 out of 10 like imp- it I couldn't be anything else like within it was it didn't even take an hour before I was like yeah this is two minutes me game of the year potential like it takes everything that worked in 2018 and, and improved on it even things that you wouldn't have noticed needed improving on it took them tweaked them made them better like and god of war 2018 is one of the one of the best games of the last generation probably the defining game of the PS4 and yet this is shaping up to be even better it doesn't even matter that I haven't finished the story. I'm this confident in their abilities as storytellers <laughs> and game designers, and the game itself that I'm playing is just so good. Like the gameplay, the, you can't fuck up gameplay with a bad story beat, and I don't think there's going to be a bad story beat. So easy, ten out of ten. Cannot wait to record the spoiler God, it's special because. So so much to discuss this that could be a long episode yeah we might maybe
0: we'll do that in two parts or something like that but i'm really looking forward to becky playing it as well and then like hearing about all the things that she discovers as we've done them that's going to be really fun
1: yeah it's just it's a, it's an amazing game just big brilliant mythic storytelling great characterization beautifully handled like character dynamics as a as a new father i'm i'm getting put through the ring with this <laughs> fucking game and he he's just a baby right now and that i'm just, but i'm still thinking about ahead like oh what's it going to be like when he's a teenager and just getting really emotional and, like, I'm already experiencing empty nest syndrome oh, for wow. years. <laughs> there's, just, there's a lot going on because of this game. Fucking goddamn Santa Monica. They've done this twice to me now. But it's such a, it's such a brilliant game. Like, I, I did say in March or whatever, whenever record, I recorded the Elden Ring episode that that was going to be my game of the year. <laughs> and I, I knew Ragnarok was coming but I had a feeling like Elden Ring was going to still be better but no, i should have i should have not doubted santa monica studios like the story matters to me they've pulled me in ragnarok's blown me away 10 out of 10 i would be surprised if i don't come to the game of the year episode at the end of this year and say that it's ragnarok to be honest oh it's gonna be it's gonna be a good chat because
0: obviously the way we do our, our game of the year is it doesn't have to be released in 2022 it's just yeah it's <laughs> just the game you. that we've yeah. played uh in this year the first for the first oh time God, yeah like... this year and You had Cyberpunk, I had Cyberpunk, <laughs> yeah. and other things as well. Like there's, I think there's about four games that I've given five stars to, because uh, I have a little notebook where I note all the games down because I'm a giant geek, uh, and I do five stars as opposed to ten out of ten here, which is really confusing. But anyway, uh, there's been a few games I really liked this year, and I need to get over that recency bias as well because obviously it's going to be the last game I play before we record that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, like you say, like it just it does the thing that every good sequel to a great game should do. It doesn't change anything massively. It just continues to improve on good things and make them even better. And that's all I want from a good game, especially a sequel. It's it's fantastic. So let me, let me do the math turn. So you know, I gave it 10 out of 10, and you gave it 10 out of 10. So if we meet that in the middle. I think it's a 10 out of 10 for God of War Ragnarok, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I just did. I got my calculator out, and I worked it out. <laughs> 10 out of 10. It's official. Oh, brilliant. But what you're saying is right though like a good sequel needs to improve on what it's doing but it doesn't it shouldn't be changing what it's doing that like you reboot the series if you want to do that uh, whereas that's why i got annoyed when people were saying when it, towards the release date that it was going to be like feel like dlc it's not it feels like they have refined it in all the right ways without ruining the essence of what made that first game stupid people jesus christ fuck it mostly xbox dickheads <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm an Xbox dickhead as well, but well, come Christmas time, Iris doesn't listen to this. (laughs)
0: They're just dickheads, aren't they? Like you know. Yeah, they're they're just
1: console war dickheads who can't like let go of the fact that they couldn't afford two consoles. (laughs) That's all it is. Assholes.
0: Don't be a dickhead, folks.
1: Yeah, be a wanker. (laughs) No, that's all right. Don't be. What do we call people? We call them dickheads, don't we? That's the thing. Don't be con- Xbox dickheads is like, uh, where, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. It's been a while since we used that terminology, so yeah. Don't be, a, <laughs> don't be a fanboy. Be a dickhead. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Got there in the end. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I confused that because I was like, "Don't be a dickhead." But I meant a decade in the sense of being a dickhead, not An a dickhead, dickhead in the sense of yeah, you own a console, that... so you're a specific dickhead.
1: Yeah. <sighs> where's Where's the Where's the one-up pod lexicon? I think we need to update this. We need to. Yeah, I need to like. Cr- we need to create a Google Doc to put it up <laughs> so we can check it. It's hard to keep track of some of these things. <laughs>
0: Well, that's going to do it for another episode. We really appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please do consider giving us a, a rating and a review on the podcasting platforms that allow such things. You can also give us a little shout out on social media if you like or tell a friend about the show. Like These things, they might feel like small things to do, but they just help us out immensely. And it's a really great way to give a little back if we've entertained you in any sort of way ever. And we'd really appreciate it. Thank you. If you have any thoughts and feelings or tingles and urges of God of War Ragnarok, uh, you can come and let us know on our various social media pages where we're at one Up pot Or if you, you want to you know, make me go a bit Spartan Rage with it, it's one UPP odd. Thank you. Andy, where can they come and get wrapped up in your Blades of Chaos? Uh, tr- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. You can find me at truly on Twitter. And if you want to chuck your
0: Leviathan axe at me, I'm at the Chip Thompson on Twitter or Chip Thompson's Thumbs on Twitch. Thanks so much for being here today. Uh, if we actually do survive Ragnarok, we'll be bringing you some more content very, very soon. And until that time, don't forget to get a life and play video games. Boy. Or don't be a dickhead and be a wanker or whatever we
1: establish there at the end. Don't play video games. Have a wank. <laughs> <laughs> should we do, Games Master? <laughs> <laughs>